Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Claiming the Duchess by Sherry Thomas. So this was published in 2014 and is 0.5 in the Fitzhugh series. This is probably too short to even be considered a novella. Yeah, I'm not, like a short story, I guess it's called. Yeah. A, a, a character study. It's like a teaser more than anything else, except there's no more book to come after. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, you may remember that we reviewed Beguiling the Beauty, which is the book that comes after this one chronologically back in November of 2019, so just about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think this was written after she wrote that one and not before. I would guess the same thing. But since it does come chronologically before that book, I guess it's that's why it's 0.5 in the series. I've noticed they do that a lot with novellas that, like, they're not necessarily written in order. Yeah. And then they always end up 0.5-ing them or 0.75-ing them. Right. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's do the jacket really quickly because it's very fast. Clarissa, the widowed Duchess of Lexington, has two great loves, the reticent and reclusive Mr. James Kingston and her faithful correspondent, Miss Julia Kirkland, whom Clarissa has never met. Now, both Mr. Kingston and Miss Kirkland are due to arrive at Clarissa's house, and Clarissa is about to find out that neither is as she had been led to believe. There's, okay, I would have done this differently. Mm-hmm. So basically, this novella, novella has five chapters. Yeah. And this sort of covers the first, the end of chapter one and the beginning of chapter two very specifically. Mm-hmm. I would have set it up as like, Clarissa is in a loveless marriage, but when a mysterious man shows up at her house and, you know, shows her understanding she's never gotten from her husband before she can't get him out of her head. Mm-hmm. Like, and done like more of the setup. Yeah. Where, well, whereas I was, at, I would have said, did you, did you love beguiling the beauty? Do you, do you wonder what happened? Yeah. <laughs> with Christian's, with Christian's stepmother, find out and claiming the Duchess. <laughs> there. No, like that's, teasing it off of the book that already exists is obviously a good strategy. But if I were actually sticking to summarizing this book, I would have covered Clarissa's situation at the time she meets James and begins corresponding with Julia, not this weird middle of the book only. Well, we do write our own summaries with a few constraints. Uh, so as you know, we generate a random number for novellas. We generate that number out of 25. So for this episode, the random number was 10. Okay. So my 10 word summary, Dowager Duchess from a loveless match gets happily ever after. Oh, so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would read it. All right. You'd read it the second I said Sherry Thomas. I mean, that's also very true. (laughs) <laughs> so here's here's mine love at first sight fake identity and a fist fight yes 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the major trope. The major trope is the two major tropes are love at first sight and fake identity. Yes. So bare bones chapter one plot. Clarissa is in a loveless marriage. Kirkland comes to her house to visit with her husband. They make sex eyes at each other, but nothing comes of it. And then immediately following that house party, she gets a random correspondence from a woman asking her for a cutting of one of her flowers. I mean, this letter is, this letter is, I I would like a cutting of your flower because I fell in love on your terrace by chance. And I will never see this person again. So please share your lavender with me (laughs) or whatever it was. (laughs) Yes. And then they begin a correspondence right back and forth. And then the meat of the book, starting in chapter two, is flash forward. Husband has died. And she's finally out of mourning and has decided to throw a big-ass party and just invite everybody. Yeah. Including her mysterious correspondence and that hot guy from the, her house that one time. Yeah. Um, for me, the... Well, yeah. And then... It's not really a trope, but she's the she's the opposite of the wicked stepmother. Oh yeah, world's best. Oh no, it's a trope. World's best stepmom. Come on, um, the woman who was the stepmother in Benedict's no Anthony's book. Anthony's book. Uh huh. Yeah. The Bridgertons. She's the world's best stepmom. The world. This best is stepmom. also world's best stepmom. I can think of a couple others. There are quite a few of like, no one could have loved me as well as my birth mother, but my Peer mother has been wonderful. Yes, but it's the, it is the, they're trying to turn the wicked stepmother trope on its head, but it's yes. become a trope in and of itself that it's the wonderful yes. stepmother, you know? But yes, definitely. But that's, that's what she is. And I mean, if you have read Beguiling the Beauty, then you already know this about her. Right. So this is, before we started recording, Lane and I were talking, and both of us feel that this is sort of a, a teaser or a. I, I feel like it's a character study. We we know what happens f- by reading *Beguiling the Beauty*, and this just fleshes it out in two or three scenes, really. Yeah, and this reminds me a lot, and it's a, of the teasers authors will put on their website when they don't want to leak like the first chapter for spoilers yeah where they'll like write sort of something unrelated that was just floating around their head if this so this we both purchased this book or got it for free from amazon as a novella but i would bet in a word document this is 20 pages max yeah max it's very short and like there is definitely an assumption that you've read Beguiling the Beauty. There's not really an attempt to build up the relationship independently. Yeah. And so I think, I I don't think either of us have any problems with having purchased it because I don't know if we mentioned it, but it was free. It is still free. <laughs> if you would like to download this, go ahead and do it because Terry Thomas is a great writer. Even though this isn't like a fully fleshed out novella, it still gives you yeah. a nice taste of Sherry Thomas. Oh, absolutely. And like, if you liked Beguiling the Beauty, I totally recommend reading this. That said, I wouldn't call it a complete story. No, no, I I agree. If it had been published like in the back of Beguiling the Beauty as, again, with my little thing, do you wondering about how Clarissa, <laughs> met, 
Mr. Kirkland, find out here, you know, or Mr. Kingston, Kingston, I should say. There was a Christmas novella that did that last year that we read Mm -hmm. where like that afterward was the aunt's love story. Yes. Like, hey, if you were wondering how the aunt fell in love, here you go. Yeah, which I don't hate. Like, I kind of enjoy that stuff. So I don't think either of us have problems with what it is. But buying it and thinking it was going to be a full novella, we were a little disappointed in that. So we were telling you this so that you know what to expect when you go into it. Yes. Like, if you want to read a fun character study of Clarissa, do it. Yes. Exactly. So, like I said, this is written by Sherry Thomas. So the writing itself is just really good. She's a really great writer. And she builds such fantastic characters. Yes. And yes. Kingston does not even get any POV chapters. You really never see this perspective. He has, what, like three lines when you don't <laughs> consider the letters. And yet he is still a pretty fully formed character. Look, Sherry Thomas in Murder on Cold Street, she, write, she writes men that you just find attractive, even yes. though you're just reading about them. So... Ingram in Murder and Cold Street walked across the street and the two characters, one of the characters is like, well, there's a man who knows how to cross the street. And you just, the thing is though, like you see that and you're like, oh yeah. So anyway, Kingston in this book knows how to ride a horse or walk across a lawn or whatever. And you just believe that he's sex on a stick, you know? To her specifically. Yeah. And that with one line uttered in front of her husband, he's seen her in a way no man ever has before. Mm-hmm. I I do kind of like that she she's had she's basically fantasized about him as well for years, based yes. on this one meeting. <laughs> like literally, maybe one minute, two minutes in each other's presence. That might be generous, but yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, trying to trying to think because I think they the other men had a conversation. It's not like she talked to him for a minute. I'm just saying on the same in the same room. Yeah, about know, a minute. About a minute. But ever since then, she's she's fantasized about him, and she, even in this character study. So even in the five chapters we get, she acknowledges to herself like I'm probably building this up in my head. He's mm-hmm. nothing special. He just is hot. <laughs> and yet I mean I was there for it I wanted more but, but I also, what I love about Clarissa as a character is based on this one sort of longing look of being in each other's presence for one minute she invites him to her I'm gonna find a husband party yeah like she's gonna shoot her shot she exactly. doesn't know how but she's yeah. gonna do it yeah she's like you know what I'm gonna find out I've been fantasizing about this guy for years. I'm going to find out if there's anything there. We'll see. And then I'm also going to invite my best gal pal so we can squeal about it together. Uh, Look, Clarissa sounds like my kind of woman. Same. Like, she is (laughs) awesome. Seriously. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about the, the, the book itself before we move into special aspects of it? No, I mean, I will say the ending sort of took me by surprise, even though it shouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Not, like, in what happened in the ending, but, like, literally the fact that it ended. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, again, we could totally have had more. This could have yes. this could have been a whole book, obviously. But it could have been an actual novella as well. Right. It's just, it, it, the ending is abrupt. That's what I mean. Yeah. So did anything offend you about this book, Lane? So the problem with having one of your characters barely present on screen is that when your characters finally do encounter each other, if they so happen to choose to hook up right away, there isn't a whole lot of like background of consent and bonding that you have come to expect from a modern romance novel. Mm-hmm. What Lane's trying to say is <laughs> <laughs> they start making out without ever having spoken to each other, really. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to she's trying to get him to just talk to her, and he just keeps kissing her. Yes. And he doesn't get a chance to stop when she says no. Because then what happens in Beguiling the Beauty happens and Christian um, comes in and tears him off of, tears, tears Kingston off of her and throws him across the room. Right. Which, which is fine. And honestly, this is where I wanted just two more sentences like Kingston was backing up when Christian came in the room and tore him off of her. Yes. Like, like that's some all acknowledgement that like, she is not resisting him. She is attempting to figure out what the hell is going on. Right. Because and, this takes us to, I mean, this takes us into sexiness because yeah. this is basically her fantasy come to life, which is also, yes. which is very hot. Yes. So, again, they've had, what, one conversation, two conversations? Two conversations by, at this point. And she has fantasized about how he doesn't talk to her. He just comes up to her in the hall, pushes her up against the wall, and starts kissing her. And that is what he does. So it's very, very hot. And you know, as a reader, that she's, like, totally into it. But I do like that her response in her mind is not the same as her response in reality. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, she's very excited about it, but like in her, in the fantasy, she just like accepts it. She's like, yes, take me now. Where in reality, she's like, what? Huh? Who? She's like, let's chat. Let's chat just a yeah. little bit. And then we can get back to making out. And they do. But I mean, like all Sherry Thomas's, the build up is where the, the treasure is in this one. It is. And, and I mean, that's that's most of the case. That's most of the time with Sherry Thomas. And, and I, I have found that if I reset my expectations and I'm like, OK, you're going to get a lot of like sexual tension and like fantasies before they actually hook up, then I'm fine with it. And a lot of like charged banter. Mm-hmm. Although there's not very, very much charged banter in this one because they don't. There talk is. In the letters, once you realize he's a man. Once you realize who he is and who the letters are from, yes. But she doesn't okay. until Correct. later. <laughs> so, I, is, in my opinion, there is not very much banter at all. Okay, you're right. <laughs> but, 
But, I mean, the book is full of sexual tension, even though, again, they're in each other's presence for, like, one minute. But it's free. It's fun. If you like Cherry Thomas, you should totally check it out. And if you read Beguiling the Beauty, definitely check this out. I I think you'll enjoy it a lot. It adds something for sure. Mm -hmm. As always, thank you so much for listening.